Hey guys, this is Doug Fellowship of the Martyrs again. <clears throat> Continuing our series on demonology. Um, this one is a bad guy. A serious, serious bad guy. Highly underestimated. And I want to do the best I can to illustrate for you um, how much you need to be careful about this guy. Okay? I'm talking about the spirit of loneliness. Now, I was down um, in Ozark, Missouri a couple of years ago at the very beginning of my big trip around the country staying with a uh, brother and sister in Christ um, and uh, at the time he was playing in like an 80's cover band played bass guitar and him and these guys been playing together for 20 years and um, making extra money on the side playing gigs on the weekends at bars nightclubs whatever um, and anyway I'm staying with him for three days and on Saturday night he asked me if I want to go here and play I'm like Lord he's like oh yeah because his wife had started seeing demons and the, the, the spiritual gift of discernment of spirits was getting dialed up in her so that instead of just knowing something wasn't quite right with that person she started actually seeing um, the stuff that was on them in, in some form or another as the Lord revealed it to her and the Lord said yeah it'll be good pra target practice for her go ahead and go so um, <clears throat> we go um, and uh, I want to go in totally cloaked up totally hidden from the eyes of the enemy there's verses that talk about how the Lord will have you sneak up on your enemy from behind so that they don't see you coming um, there's a story about Elisha where a whole army comes to find him and he goes out there and says who are you looking for Elisha oh yeah he's not here follow me and he leads them into Samaria into the walled city closes the gate behind him and then they see that they've been following Elisha all along okay that's pretty cool God can do that kind of stuff lots of verses he hides you under the pinions of his wings um, anyway so uh, I just asked the Lord to hide us so that whatever's in there won't get all squirrely and acting up and whatever, spilling drinks on me, trying to start a fight with me, whatever, trying to get me out of there. So we just go in and we sit down at a table and the craziest thing, for an hour we're sitting there and the bartender, waiter guy, who knows all these, the wives of the guys playing in the band are all sitting together at a table with me and he knows all these people, they're here like once a month. They all get to drink free or iced teas and sodas or whatever free. And he stops over, takes drink orders for the ladies, except except Sarah and me. And for an hour, he keeps completely ignoring us. She's like, Mike always talks to me. Mike knows me. Mike, what? this is crazy. And I'm like, we're cloaked. He don't know we're here. So we're talking about, okay, this, this couple on the dance floor right there, and this is not like a strip club or anything. This is like an Applebee's with a dance floor, you know, and, and a live band. It's, it's a bar, but, but it's not, you know, like Roadhouse or nothing, you know. And anyway, so they're, they're playing, and, and there's some people talking and kind of milling around and kind of hitting on each other and trying to hook up or whatever, and... Um, so we're talking. Okay, what do you see on that on that lady there? Well, she's she's got this and this and whatever. And the Lord wasn't really having us pray for him specifically at that point. Just kind of watching. At one point, 
the Lord says, bind up the spirit of fear on everybody here. Okay, so there's about 100 people. There's two couples out on the dance floor. Everybody else in, in a little tiered thing. They're kind of sitting around at their tables and stuff listening to music. And um, There's probably 100 people there. Two couples are out on the dance floor. The Lord says, bind up the spirit of fear on everybody here. So I'm like, okay, in the name of Jesus, and these little fear snakes that kind of sit over your head like a periscope and, and watch whatever you watch and say, oh, maybe you got that disease. Maybe maybe your kid could get stolen off of the porch too. Maybe whatever. Um, I just bind them all up in a cocoon of the blood of Jesus, and within two minutes, if Sarah can testify, everybody's on the dance floor. I mean, everybody's on the dance floor except us sitting at this little table. I'm like, Lord, what just happened? Because some of them got no business being on the dance floor. They really, really should have stayed in their seats. But all of a sudden, they're down there and they're dancing like, like all out. Like embarrassingly all out. And the music didn't change. It's not a new song. Just all of a sudden, everybody's on the dance floor. I'm like, wow. They're just like not scared of making complete fools of themselves. And the Lord says, okay. After about a couple of minutes, the Lord says, okay, unbind all that. So I'm like, okay, in the name of Jesus, I release whatever that I bound before. And they all go sit back down except the two or three couples that were there before. And I'm like, Lord, that was wild. He's like, yeah, just for the record, binding up the spirit of fear on drunk people is a bad idea. It might just be the thing that keeps them from going home with that guy or keeps them from driving drunk because they're afraid they might wreck their car and kill somebody or whatever. You might want to just kind of, because sometimes it's the Holy Spirit saying, don't go home, don't drive drunk. But sometimes it's, you know, they got real obnoxiously bold <laughs> when you bind up the spirit of fear. Anyway, so we're kind of, I'm, I'm kind of sitting there and over the course of like an hour we're listening to the band and I'm just kind of talking to the Lord and I said, Lord, what's the ruling spirit over this place? Because I'm thinking it's lust. I'm thinking it's alcoholism and, and the spirit of lust and, and everybody hooking up and going home and, and hitting on girls and whatever. And the Lord says, loneliness. I'm like, for real? He's like, oh yeah. They just don't want to go home alone. They're, they're not drinking because they like the beer. They're not hitting on girls because they're lusty. They just don't want to go home and look in the mirror. Wow. And the Lord's like, oh yeah, this is real dangerous. Real dangerous. Far more is motivated by loneliness than you realize. More rape, more porn, more addiction, more suicide, more depression is motivated by loneliness than by fear or lust or whatever. And I had seen the spirit of loneliness before and it just looked like a little puffball, a little sad looking blue puffball hiding behind the heart. No claws, no teeth, just a sad little look on its face. and I, I didn't think of it as being particularly dangerous, but I started to realize that in Satan's kingdom, 
it's not the big frontal assaults with the tanks that are the dangerous. It's the brain-twisting, mental, subtle things that really wreck you. He's the father of lies. Um, and he doesn't have a lot of his own force, so he has to use judo. He has to use your own, pull your own weight against you and pull you off balance. Um, and, and loneliness is far more dangerous than people realize. Just like the other things we've talked about, you have to take every thought captive and bring it into obedience with Christ. C.S. Lewis said that there was a God-shaped void in everybody. That doesn't quite do it for me. I think there is a husband, father, brother, companion-shaped void that only God can fill. And... Until you have the, a right relationship with God, which a, a, a pew-sitting religious person, God is dead, God doesn't talk to people, you know, all we've got is the Bible now, can never get that spot filled with a right relationship with a God who can walk beside you, help you find your car keys, heal your daughter, uh, explain things to you, lead you by His Holy Spirit, be beside you all the time, you know, that is the thing that gets prison, prisoners, uh, Christians in prison camps through years and years and years of torture. Because Jesus is in that cell next to them and they know it. And they can reach up any time and hold his hand and get what they need and commune with the lover of their soul. That is the one cure for loneliness. Wife won't do it. Girlfriend won't do it. New car won't do it. Shopping, chocolate, flowers, a, 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 a powerful job, money. None of that is going to work. None of that is going to effectively rebuke the spirit of loneliness. You need to realize that that thing that's telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be alone forever. There's no one that understands me. I, I'm just, it just real quietly, it just kind of whispers, um, there's no hope for me. No one will ever love me. I'm all alone in the universe. And it just works in conjunction with all the other stuff to eat you. And you have to reject that voice because that is not the voice of God. There's three voices. You, the good guys, and the bad guys. Okay? And as far as loneliness is concerned, the bad guys train you to re repeat these records over and over and over. But ultimately it was them that started it because it was never the voice of Jesus that said you're all alone. I'm not with you. I'm not going to come through for you. I'm not going to help you. Nobody understands you. Nobody loves you. That was absolutely not the voice of God. And you need to just say you're sorry that you ever listened to any voice that wasn't God and ask Him to get it out of you so that you will just hear His voice and walk in His ways. I begged and pleaded for a right relationship with God. I didn't know. I didn't even know to ask for this. I didn't even know it was a problem. I didn't even I didn't even fully realize how lonely I was. But when I asked for a right relationship with God, he swooped in and became dad, became husband, became brother, became companion, became all of these things. 
in a way that is so real, I can't possibly even describe it to you. But He wants to be that for you. That is what the relationship with Jesus Christ is supposed to do. It will neuter lust, fear, loneliness, anger, depression, double-mindedness, love of money, all of that stuff. Vaporized, destroyed by the power of God. I could be your friend. You could move into the house, hang out with us. You could have a thousand people around you. You could be a Hollywood movie star and still be the loneliest person on the planet. But with a right relationship with Jesus Christ, that will not happen. You will be free from the spirit of loneliness. And it will try and it will whisper. And there were times when I was out on the road by myself and it would try to make me feel sorry for myself and whatever. But the voice of truth would say, you are not alone. I am here. And I will hold you. I will carry you. I will get you through. You and me are sufficient to take on the whole world if we have to. Anybody else that helps is gravy, is bonus. But you and me are enough. That's the voice of God. So I want to encourage you. If, if that spirit of loneliness is whispering stuff to you, terminal things, like I might as well stop living, there's no hope for me, nobody loves me, I want you to know it's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And I don't want you to give it one more inch of ground. I want you to fight it right now in the name of Jesus, that it would be revealed for what it is, and that it would be kicked out of your life. That a right relationship with Jesus Christ would take its place, because that is the only thing that's going to satisfy and he will. He'll swoop in and be the best friend you ever had. Thanks for listening. More as we go along, fellowshipofthemartyrs.com.